You're listening to the Say Chill podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Say Chill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. By the way, have you noticed how much, and, 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 and a lot of people won't see this, but do you remember when, when I came to you with the Voice of the Heart idea and you were working with the publisher? 1998. Yep. And Stephen, we... It was a foreign language. If, if if it weren't a foreign language, you would have already been up on it because you were like Mr. Up on everything, right? I thought I was. But you were. I mean, you had your your pulse on the marketplace, right? I mean, yes, your, your I finger thought, on the pulse. I thought of the I did. Well, and you kind of did, Steve. Yeah. I mean, you kind of did. And, and even when you, you miss it, you're pretty sure you did. <laughs> but Confidence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we were speaking a foreign language that is not foreign anymore. Right. I've noticed more and more and more readings, writings, this and that. It's prevalent. Uh, it, it, it literally, I will see things and hear things, and my I'll turn as if to, I recognize that, and it's some great person, writer, teacher, talking about the things we were talking about in you know '98. Yeah. That that I was doing in Dallas and uh, you know. The late late 80s uh, so it's a good thing right it's a, it's a good time to be in recovery yeah you know yeah There's a lot of of things out there a lot of a lot of people who are speaking into this space who are creating influence in this space well see that's what people use words like space and presence now and yeah. Right? oh yeah right that's yeah and, and heart is is common feelings uh uh, shame. The word shame. Come, the word shame, but with uh, what's her, um, Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Yeah. Well, that with that John Bradshaw. I mean, she, she brought John Bradshaw back to life from the late '80s in terms of the toxic yeah. shame, and so it's good. My my concern is that in the process, that instead of we we will we will and I watched it happen too in the '90s too, but we'll reduce our toxic shame, which is great, and become shameless instead of reducing our toxic shame and returning to neediness and dependency and healthy shame. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there's a, not a lot of talk about healthy shame. There's a, there's a very beautiful inborn healthy shame that that's what we're toxically ashamed of. I mean, contempt for ourselves, we're contemptuous towards ourselves for needing, which is healthy shame. We hate ourselves for depending upon God and others to have fulfillment in our lives. So my you know? toxic shame would tell me that we shouldn't even do this podcast to talk about all the things we're up to. Yes, or... Who do we think we are? Absolutely. Or do it in such an advertising format that we... It's like, you need to hear what we have to say, and, and you buy it, and if you buy it and you're not satisfied, you know, if you haven't lost eight your inches problem. off your neck... By that. Oh, it's, wow. It's you money. have no neck. Yeah, you have no But if you haven't done then you we'll give you your money back. Or something just insane. We're not selling. Yeah. We're not selling. We're offering something that just matters to us, right? Also sharing what we're excited about. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. think that, you know, my own story tells me don't get excited about things like that. What you're excited yeah. about, don't get excited and about. And if you're celebrating or sharing Hey, look at this painting I've, I've painted. Look at it. Here, I want you to have it. Something you're bragging. Mm-hmm. Such celebration is considered wrong. Yep. 
or the celebration turns into shameless self-aggrandizement. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid sitting in class and drawing pictures. I would draw pictures of like little army men. Mm -hmm. and they'd have these tunnels that went under things, and mm -hmm. it'd be so intricate. And I used to get so into it. And I remember one day drawing it and looking over at this other kid drawing, and his drawing was better. And I remember going like, I don't want to draw anymore. Like just the sense of comparison and shame. Mm -hmm. And I had to be around like 9 or 10 or mm -hmm. 11, somewhere in that late elementary school mm -hmm. age. But there was a time where I wasn't embarrassed about anything I drew, right? It was yeah. just like passion. Yeah. And, and then there was this time where I started looking at my offering and comparing it to the guy next to me. His name was Russell. I could picture him earlier. Uh -huh. His offering. And, and judging my offering against his offering. Yeah, so the toxic shame was already operating. Already there. Because if, if, let's say, if it had been healthy shame, because even as you were sharing that, and it's just, and this is just a moment of healthy shame in my life, because, you, you know, I've, I've got the toxic shame down as a form of expertise, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm a professional. World-renowned expert. World-renowned expert in toxic shame. <laughs> but um, I remember John, John, John Florida, his penmanship, I mean, he could draw, he could write and draw. But I remember wanting to be able to do like him instead of saying, I don't, li I, I don't like mine. It's like, how do I do that? I remember, that's healthy shame, mm -hmm. me saying and attempting yeah, to. That's beautiful. I want to do I that. I want to do that. I want to copy that. I want to do mm -hmm. like that. I want to, I want to be able to write like you with the way your letters do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes even when I'll print today, I'll print words and I still remember how good he could do it wow he must have been good yeah he was really good yeah. as far as a fourth grader can see <laughs> but uh, but you know Steve this this is something I'm this is something I don't know all the words for this yet I don't, I don't even know if we need to do podcast on it until it's clearer but I really I really think I don't know if it's just age but I really think we, if we've got to be careful not to lose a heart and the the, the simple mission, just because I don't mean to avoid things that are hard, but to not um, not let this whole thing get entangled in um, all the traps of, of bureaucracy and um, false complexities and being told this is the way it has to be done, so this is yeah. the way you've got to do it. And I know that you know we have to render unto Caesar sure. appropriately, but to to create a new complex, I don't know, there's something. Well, simplicity, right? How do we keep things pure and Yeah, we, I want to help people remember, go watch the fireflies. Go We're, watch the, yeah. the robins are back. Go watch the robins and remember the times when it wasn't so hard. And I'll, let yourself you know, I was grieve. If meeting you need with to. Uh, Philip Robinson in Murfreesboro this morning, New Vision. Great guy. Church. Great guy. Great guy. And we were. Philip, I wish Philip were listening. I hope You're, he's listening. I don't know if he you knows mean. about. It. I bet. Look, we've done a very poor job of letting people know. That's true. We have. So, uh, but we were. I'll out, call him and tell him. <laughs> Philip, this is the podcast. <laughs> we were out behind uh, the, with what his counseling center, Integrity House, near yeah. Murfreesboro. And there's a cedar stand back yeah. there. Probably, it's probably 50 feet deep by maybe 200 feet yeah. long. 
And someone has built a fire pit back in there, like a yeah, like they just take people back there and do fire pit stuff. And he and I walked back in there and were looking at it, and the birds were singing. Yeah, right. And I just stood there in the cedar stand. I said, "Listen to the birds." And then he said in this southern, like just a good, solid man voice, he said, "It's spring." And it was like the, we had this moment together of just noticing these birds flitting in the cedar stand yeah. and the wind blowing. And it was like, that made my whole day. Like that yeah. moment made my whole day. And I don't want to build anything, create anything, do anything, produce anything in, in any way that takes me away from noticing that, you know, noticing spring. And I think for me, sometimes I can get so busy in my own giftedness Right. Yes. Not even in my shame, but in my own giftedness, yeah. that I'll not notice what's going on around me and the beauty of the simple things. Yeah. It's already there. If and, I don't do anything else yeah. in this life, there's already. And enough. you know what? If you and I stop and say, "Go to the cedar glade that you're describing," mm-hmm. if if we don't have a way of going below our stress and anxiety, it doesn't matter how many cedar glades we sit in; it won't see them. We won't feel mm-hmm. them. And so I, I swear on some level, the doorway into that recognition is, is, is neediness again. You know what I'm saying? It, it's that, that my stress and my anxiety is about grief, um, life happening like I don't want it to, over-dependence on, on, over-dependence on myself as the answer. And if I don't get to X, Y, and Z fast enough, this ABC is going to happen, and then it's all going to collapse because I failed. I mean, it's just that it, it, when I was, this is a jump, but when I was in college, and I went to a professor and told him, strangely, that I was scared I wasn't going to get my life done. I, that, that I, somehow I wasn't going to be able to make it to life. And he turned me towards a John Keats poem. I was an English major in the college, which was a useless major. You were an English major English too, major. yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a useless major, and uh, but it isn't. No, but it was about John Keats worried about the same thing. John Keats is standing on the. He's worried about not getting to finish his work, not getting to finish his mission, not getting to uh, complete uh, what it is in his heart he wants to do. Called high high piled books of something or another. And it says that when he gets like that, he goes out into the edge of the cliffs and looks out at the ocean until all those things do nothingness do sink. In other words, the, all that stress and worry that we're, we pile upon ourselves is all about forgetting our size, that we're not big, but compared to the universe and the world, yeah. but to God, we're big deals. So mm-hmm. this neediness, this conflict in our neediness is big deal. Yeah, yeah. That re- reduction of stress and anxiety comes from neediness. The very thing it makes us run away from. Because, wow. you know? Yeah. Um, and neediness brings us to grief because life is not like what we want it to be. It isn't. And grief brings us to acceptance, which is the reduction of anxiety. Yes, and it makes us, makes us look around and refer back to seeing God in the robin. And I'm not talking about pantheism, I guess that's, I'm talking about seeing the fingerprints of God's creation. It's okay. 
we come down to it's okay. It's okay that it's not okay. And it's not okay when it's okay, but it's okay. This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sometimes in life, we get stuck or blocked or reach an impasse. At times like these, an intensive short-term therapy could help you overcome what's keeping you from the growth and changes you desire. At Sage Hill Counseling, we offer therapeutic intensives to help couples gain new momentum in their recovery process. If you want to find out more, please visit sagehillcounseling.com.